I'm from Mexico. We come from Zimbabwe. Chile. Vietnam. I'm from Hong Kong. Puerto Rico. India. We are from Colombia. Nicaragua. England. We are from Jamaica. We are from Japan. I'm from the beautiful city of Edinburgh, Scotland. And we are from Kenya. I'm from Canada. I was born in Korea. I'm from Venezuela. I am from Trinidad and Tobago. I am from France. As we are committed to going around the corner around the world to making a difference in people's lives. Well, how exciting, church. Within Grace Covenant, we have 32 different nations represented, and I think that is really exciting, and I think it makes us want to get to know different people from different places, so that is your um, challenge for the week, okay? So welcome those of you who are joining us online, and if you are here in person or online for the first time, we want to connect with you. So a couple of ways you can do that is you can pull out your phone and you can text the word GUEST to 704 4869664. And if you are here in the sanctuary, we want to invite you to join us in Guest Central right after the service. You can head out the doors in the back, down the hall to the left, where we will have a host there ready to connect with you, answer any questions that you may have about Grace Covenant, and you even get a free gift. So this morning, church, we have a couple of really special and important announcements. So you are going to want to save these dates on your calendar because they are going to be really historic and special moments for the um, for the movement of Grace Covenant moving forward. So the third and fourth Sundays in March, you want to make sure that you are here. The third Sunday, which is March 19th, we are going to have a special installation service for Pastor Zach to install him as our new lead pastor. So it's going to be very exciting. Yes. So that'll be a formal time of passing the baton to he and Shannon as they step into the role as our new lead pastors. And that will be both services on Sunday and on Monday evening. And the fourth Sunday, this is going to be a very, very, very special, special Sunday. So that is a Sunday that we are going to celebrate the faithfulness of honoring the past and shaping the future of Pastor Farrell and Charlotte. We are going to take some time and celebrate them and to honor them for the ways that they have served so faithfully our church over the last several years. So that will be after both services in the Grace Life Center. So you're not going to want to miss that. We're going to have a reception and a time to celebrate them, honor them, and just take some time to really pray over this next season for them. So let's take some time, pray over our tithes and our offerings, and continue to get ready and excited for all that God has for us. Lord, we thank you so much for who you are. We celebrate 
celebrate and honor you, God. We thank you so much for all that you do. Lord, we give to you, God, back today our tithes and our offerings. We pray that you would multiply it, that you would bless it, Jesus, because you first gave to us. So we wanna give joyfully and worshipfully back to you. God, we celebrate all that you have done in 2022, and we are so excited to continue to step into the things that you have for us in 2023. We love you, Lord. We thank you, and we ask all of that in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can clap to that. That was awesome. That's great to walk up to. Good morning. My name's Troy, and I'm really blessed to serve with a bunch of amazing people here on the Grace Covenant Church. Uh, I also want to welcome uh, live stream all of our uh, members that are at the East Lincoln campus and the Mooresville campus that are joining us today. So today is Vision Sunday, and it's a time for us to celebrate all that God has done in and through grace this past year and to really prepare us for what God is going to do in 2023. We have an annual report that was available to you as you came into the service. And for those of you who are watching online, you can get the report from our uh, website. There's so much life-giving ministry that's happening here at Grace. Let's start with the really exciting part, the results of how God has used our church to impact people's lives. We had 367 people give their lives to Jesus this past year. Is that not amazing? It, it is amazing to be a part of that kind of transformation. In addition to that, we had 127 new partners join the Grace Covenant family. We also had 29 water baptisms and 65 people who received the fullness of the Holy Spirit as described in Acts 2. Amen to that. And we also recorded 35 miracles and healings. Isn't that amazing? That is so good. God is so good. One of those took place in my family. And so I'm just so thankful for God. All of those are more than numbers. Those are people and families whose lives have changed in an incredible way. And God used our church family to accomplish that. Another thing that I'm excited about is our Compassion Ministries. Grace Covenant extends its resources out to the world. We invested over $278,000 into our global outreach. We were able to bless people in Cote d'Ivoire, Nicaragua, Dominican Republic, and even the Ukraine. We had teams that we had sent out, some of those places where they were able to share their gifts and their talents to bless those in need and just to love on people. And we also invested $347,000 into our local outreaches. We partnered with 39 local 
organizations to bless those in our community that needed a helping hand. We had worked with the Hope House. We've worked with the Neighborhood Care Center. During the holidays, we gave over 400 meals to those that just needed a Thanksgiving meal. And our Christmas Joy Land blessed over 200 families. We as a church family are demonstrating the love of Jesus in action. Can we just give God all the glory? How many of you would agree with me that we, make, we have so much to be thankful for as we celebrate? Praise God. And we couldn't have accomplished this without God's blessing and provision. And so as I was thinking about that, these verses came to my mind, and I just want to share them with you this morning because I think it's so relevant. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8 says, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now here's the promise. This is important. Verse eight, right? And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. How many know those numbers we just shared? That's good work. That is abounding in good work. And God has blessed us abundantly. And we wouldn't have been able to do it if it weren't for those first two, right? You all. God loves a cheerful giver. And you have sown generously into this ministry. And that's why we have been able to do what we have been able to do in 2022. Let's face it. It takes resources to support these ministries. I'm so very proud to be a part of a church family that has been so generous with their tithes and offerings. Look at this slide. Our ties in 2022 were over $6.2 million. That was a record for us here at Grace Covenant. You can see our expenses were a little over $5.8 million. And you can see that breakdown in your annual report. And what I would also tell you is I make myself available to anybody if you want to go over the, the annual report or any of the numbers. Uh, I'll, I'll meet you here. I'll meet you for coffee. Um, but all of those expenses are all built around doing the ministry and doing God's work. I also want to point out that we believe God is going to continue to bless, bless us in 2023. As we have budgeted uh, $6.5 million in ties. Here's what we know. The need is great in our world and in our community. And we are leaning in with faithfulness so that we can expand each of these ministries this year. One more point of celebration. It's not necessarily on a slide. Our church family is not only generous with their resources. This ministry wouldn't exist without the church members who volunteer regularly to help bring this ministry to life, right? And listen to this. Our church body gave over 50,000 hours in 2022 to our communities, to this church. Let's give that a round of applause. They're not, only, they're not only tithing their resources, they're tithing their time and their talents. This is why God is blessing us abundantly. 
A couple more slides to share. These are just amazing. A few years ago, we launched the Embrace Our Future campaign. And this church body came around it and had committed $3.4 million to those efforts, right? Today, we have already received 2.9 million or about 85%. And these funds will allow us to continue to expand the reach of Grace Covenant Church. One last point of celebration was our ability to pay down debt. We don't want to be indebted to anybody but God in the pursuit of his kingdom, right? So in 2022, we were able to retire $1.3 million of debt, and we now stand just under $5 million with $4,997,000 of debt. Praise God. I just want to thank all of you for your faithfulness, for your generosity, for just all that you are doing. This is an amazing place, and there are amazing things happening here because God is blessing us. So I just want to, before we bring Pastor Zach up here, I just want to pray over this past year, but also this coming year, and then bring Zach up for the message. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We are just in awe of what you've done. You continue to multiply what we give into bringing people's lives into new places and into relationship with you, Lord. We are helping people that are lost, who don't know their way home. We're helping people who are sick and don't know how to get better, Lord. And we just thank you for what you're doing in this church body. I thank you for their hearts. I thank you for your faithfulness and your provision throughout this year. And we trust you as we lean in in 2023. And we lean in with courage. We know we have nothing to fear. Nothing will stand in our way because you are guiding us all the way. I just ask that you bless Pastor Zach as he comes up and gives the message, Lord. Help our hearts to be open and our minds. Help us to just breathe in all that he has to say and help us to just know how truly blessed we are and not to take it for granted, and to share the good news with everybody. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. And everybody says? Amen. Amen. Very good. Amen. So many of you have known Pastor Farrell's right-hand guy for about the last eight years, Michael Carter. Somehow Michael and Farrell decided to retire together which left me in quite a spot. So fortunately, Troy Daly was my first hire as Director of Operations and Administration at Grace Covenant. He has been such an amazing asset. Troy, we're glad you're here, my friend. Well, welcome again to those of you who are worshiping with us at Mooresville and also our East Lincoln campuses. We're glad you guys are here via broadcast this morning, and we're also glad those of you who are here online and too, 
uh, in person. We're grateful for all of you, your commitment to Grace Covenant. I met a new visitor who was here this morning for the second time. We're grateful that all of you have chosen to check the church out, and we hope you meet a few friends and get plugged in sooner than later. We think this is just such a wonderful place to be and hope your experience is not found to be in contrast with what so many of us have found to be home. So welcome. Again, uh, I would like to say this is Vision Sunday. So Vision Sunday is a bit different than most. Uh, Today we are celebrating what God did in 2022, and we're also looking forward to 2023. My first week or two On this campus, a number of you came up and asked, what's your vision, Pastor? What's your vision? And I'm delighted to tell you that this morning, I'm going to get to share part of what my vision is for Grace Covenant. So here we go. If you're ready, say yes. If you're not ready, say yes. All right. Glad we're all on the same page. In Acts 1-8, Dr. Luke records Jesus, as having said this, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. That involves telling someone something. We'll walk across the room. We'll walk across the road. We'll walk across the property line. In other words, In Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So we see Jesus saying that we're going to be his witnesses in these concentric circles working outward from where we are. 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ, in these words, laid out a rubric or a formula for multiplication. It began where roughly 100 grace attenders just returned from in a trip to Israel in the great city of Jerusalem. And Jesus' formula for multiplication is today, glory to God, realized in three physical locations of our Grace Covenant family around Lake Norman in North Carolina in the United States, not to mention the nearly 1,000 locations from which Grace families worship in the form of living rooms and kitchens and hotel rooms of our online community. Jesus' formula for multiplication is also today through our Grace family realized in places like Cote d'Ivoire, where as a result of your generous giving on Christmas Eve 2022, we dug six fresh water wells and planted six churches. That's all starting to take place right now because of your faithfulness. So Jesus' formula for multiplication, I'm so delighted and excited to communicate to you guys this morning, if you have not heard, is today realized at Asbury University, where Gen Zers are fanning the flames of revival 
what started in an absolutely normal chapel service 10 days ago in Kentucky has since been a song of continuous worship and prayer 24-7 for now 10 days. It is simple. I've read it is humble. It is student-led. I've seen dozens of anecdotes and videos on Twitter. It is said by those who have been that the thick presence of God lives in that space all over the country. People are now traveling there. A line has formed that is three blocks long to get into the Asbury University Chapel. This has now spread to other states, to other colleges, including, I'm excited to discover, Lee University, which is my alma mater in Cleveland, Tennessee. So, The latest Barna research calls Generation Z the, quote, open generation. Do you know why? Because they are far more open to spiritual things. Generation Z is more open to spiritual matters than millennials. Generation Z is more open to spiritual matters than Gen X, which is my generation. Generation Z, I hate to bust your bubble, boomers, is even more spiritual than your generation. The combination of openness in desperation for God, along with, of course, a God who absolutely desires to be with Generation Z, makes me think we could see a lot more of this. Makes me think this might come here. In fact, I just preached in the first service and a guy who was leaving says, hey, we're visiting with family We're from Cleveland, we've been to the revival pastor, and we're praying it comes here too. We're praying it comes here too. So may we pray for this kind of work to happen here. Listen to these words that I just read yesterday. Actually, my wife, Shannon, read me these words from a pastor in the Atlanta area, Foursquare Pastor. We met him recently. His name's Philip Manginelli. This is what he writes. When I was younger, I threw stones. I carried cynicism. I saw only what wasn't. I fantasized hurt. I disregarded, I knew better, and on my worst days, I mocked. But these days, I'm just in love. I want to be wherever Jesus is. I want to be with whomever Jesus is among. So I've traded in my stones for something better. Wonder. I'm not going to Asbury because he's not in Atlanta. 
I'm not going to Asbury to consume an experience. I'm not going to Asbury because I don't think God will move here. I'm not going to Asbury to decide if it's renewal or revival or worse or better or full of hype or blah, 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 blah. He actually wrote that. I'm not just saying that. (laughs) Nor should, he says, you go for anything like that. He says, I'm going to be with Jesus and I want to be with the kind of people who don't know how to stop worshiping 160 hours in because they've been captured by his beauty. I want to learn because when God moves here, I'd like to have some experience under my belt. I'm going to because he's asked me to wonder with him again. God is rescuing his church in pockets, in moments, in cities all across the world through different movements and expressions. God is breaking through and found in the zeal of a younger generation is a picture of what I believe God wants to do in so many places. So he says, find your stones Find all of the reasons that you resist. Find all of the reasons that you doubt. Find all of the reasons that you withhold, that you disregard. Find all of your frustration with charismatics and church and the way people use the word revival. Find your fears and shame and questions and just go anywhere that the presence of God is and hold your hands open, stones and all. And I know, he says, where that is. And I'm not talking about Asbury. He's in coffee shops on early mornings. He's in prayer rooms in city after city. He's around tables. And at bedtimes, he's in large churches and small churches. It's where two or three or six or 41 or 700 who gather in the name of Jesus and make room for God. God comes where he's wanted. So I'm learning how to live a life that always makes room for him. Would you come with me? End quote. Church family, God is still moving. He's still about the business. People are getting saved in these spaces. A poor college kid, I saw a video, got up and talked about how he barely had enough ends meet and from the balcony started raining down other college students' bills. And you say, well, that's odd. That's a stone you're carrying. Because the early church gave of everything they had in common and to one another. So, I want to encourage you today that God is about the business of multiplication and oh, how we need his move. We need him to move. Allow me to paint the picture. 
this morning of why we need revival. Today, fewer than 20% of Americans attend church regularly. Less than a fifth of us. Today, only 22% have a positive view of church. This next one is deafening. One half of all churches in America did not add a single person through conversion last year. That means in 50% plus of American churches, not one convert, not one person professed Christ and asked for Jesus to be their savior last year. 100 years ago, there were 28 churches for every 10,000 Americans. This is what rings hollow, the thought that we have enough churches. Are you ready? 100 years ago, there were 28 churches for every 10,000 Americans. Today, there are only 11 churches for every 10,000 Americans. We do not have more churches than we had 100 years ago. We have fewer churches than we had 100 years ago. Every week, 43,000 Americans are leaving church for good. 43,000. Now, I'm not a Debbie Downer. I'm going to now come around and tell you why I believe there's hope. For Gen Z, for the boomers, for everybody in between, there's hope for all of us. If we do the math, despite the recent stirrings of revival, the truth is that we simply are not solving the crisis that Jesus sent us out on mission to solve. The you will be my witnesses piece isn't faring quite well. The question becomes, how do we, friends, family, how do we reach the ends of the earth? How do we do that? If this is what Jesus has asked us to do, how do we plant? How do we reproduce? How do we multiply? First, we multiply leaders. If you're taking notes this morning, write this down. Jesus, for three years, had 12 men sit at his feet. We multiply, we invest in other human beings. We are to be about the business of reproduction, of multiplying people. Our entire staff is making reproduction our focus for 2023. And when I say reproduction, I'm not talking about procreation, although we have some young families on staff who may contribute there as well. Be fruitful and multiply, right? I'm just talking about reproducing the mission of Jesus, investing in others. How do we reproduce leaders that, redu- re- that reproduce leaders? Some of the ways we're doing this is to implement a new model for our working relationships, for our serving relationships. That's basically this. So what the model looks like. Step one, so simple. I do, you watch, we talk. How many of you would say that's easy? I do, you watch, and we talk about it. We get together. We provide feedback. We discuss what went wrong, what didn't. Step number two. I do, you watch, 
That's not step number two. Step number two, that was step number one. I do, you help, we talk, okay? I do, you watch, we talk. I do, you help, we talk. Step three, you do, I help, we talk. Step four, you do, we'll see how intuitive you are, I watch, we talk. Now here's where it gets exciting. Step number five, you do, someone else watches. You do, someone else watches. This goes for our staff. This goes for our apprentices. This fall, this goes for our group leaders where everybody is to have an apprentice preparing for the following semester. Everybody is to be about the business of multiplication. Even along the lines of multiplying leaders, beginning the Sunday after Easter, I'm excited to announce that we're going to enter a season of 52 weeks where we're going to hear a story of God's faithfulness of someone who attends Grace Covenant that is pre-recorded, pre-produced, again, every Sunday between the Sunday after Easter and Easter 2024. We believe that testimonies, which are stories of God's faithfulness, are powerful and they're meant to be shared. They're meant to be caught with contagion. They're a strategic way of multiplying our gospel witness. Number two. We multiply churches. When we multiply leaders, only then can we multiply churches. One of my most exciting nights of the month we just started is a group with about six to eight like-minded guys who believe in the principle of church multiplication. And we're reading a book together called Exponential by the Ferguson Brothers. And we're starting to dream, what would it look like if a church multiplication movement took place in Lake Norman? What would it look like if we started enough churches to not only keep up with the churches that were closing their doors, but to present a more robust opportunity for people to receive Jesus? What would it look like if we actually took the Great Commission seriously? What would it look like if we were empowered by the Holy Spirit to do and to reach the ends of the earth? This coming fall, we're hosting a multiply conference for Foursquare International where churches are coming, leaders, excuse me, are coming here from all over the United States to a retreat before they go out and plant churches. I'm so eager to have you all join with me in prayer for these folks. Two, we need, I'll speak to the camera, we need to finish the job in East Lincoln. We need to get in a permanent building there. That's something that needs to happen soon. We need to, I'll talk to Mooresville, we need to get you guys a even more solid core team of volunteers. They're already going to two services at Easter. We've got to help them. We've got, some of us have to go up there. This is just the way it works. We got to greet. We got to make coffee. We got to pray with people at the altar. We got to be available. We need to plant 
pregnant. Meaning we need to start churches that understand and are intentional to the end of starting other churches. I'm so delighted that Pastor David and Pastor Steve have been bit by this bug. We can get East Lincoln, once they're in a new building, and Mooresville to each send 30 folks to Cheryl's Ford and start a new work, a new church. Davidson needs a vibrant church. Let me tell you something. I went to a Wildcats game yesterday. There are people all over Davidson that need Jesus. I didn't even mean that to be funny, but you all thought that was humorous. North Charlotte, near 485, needs a vibrant Pentecostal church. You say, but we're in the Bible Belt, Pastor. There's a church on every corner. Yes, but they're only having people come to faith in less than half of them on average. And have you seen all the traffic around the Lake Norman area? Does that not speak to the number of people if we take the 20% figure who are lost without Christ? I can't even get out of church and take a left on Statesville Road. (laughs) Related to multiplying churches, I'm so pumped to announce to you that in 2023, we're going to be launching not only a new website, which is up effective this morning. It's live. You can go to gracecovenant.org. We're not only revamping our Grace digital app, which is available on Android and iPhone right now, but coming soon in 2023, we are going to launch a new campus this year in addition to Mooresville, but it's not going to be a physical campus. It's going to be a digital campus. It will be virtual. It will not be what you expect. Why would we do that? Carrie Neoff says that Church Online is the new church front door. People are far more likely to visit your service online now than they are to walk in and have their first experience be showing up into this physical parking lot. Churches that refuse to embrace church online, Neoff says, ministering only to those in person, are on average shrinking in size. Churches that embrace online and in-person attenders in a hybrid approach are, by contrast, thriving. So check out what's to come later in 2023 with this video. We believe in creating a place where anyone can come and discover Jesus at any time, anywhere in the world, regardless of where they are in their walk with Christ. Simultaneously, people who are far from God can take the first steps toward discovering a relationship with Jesus, while believers can strengthen their faith and deepen their understanding, all in the same place. Welcome to Grace Online.
We have imagined Grace Online in a way that would be a benefit to our existing physical campuses and our current Grace Online attendees. Grace Online is set up to support the digital needs of all Grace Covenant physical locations by providing a landing place for people to discover more about each individual campus and also learn about the overall life and vision of Grace Covenant Church. Each Grace Covenant campus will have a place for people to discover more about their individual ministries, such as kids, youth, adult discipleship, local outreach, and more. As an added benefit, this platform will also serve as a place for every Grace Covenant campus to broadcast their own Sunday morning service. This allows for current partners to connect with their Grace family when they can't be in attendance physically and provides an avenue for people who live in the area to discover Grace Covenant Church. Our Grace Online attendance average is around 900 people every Sunday, and it's not unusual to see upwards of 1,200 people tuning in. The launch of this campus will take them beyond just streaming services and into an immersive discipleship experience with the addition of weekly devotional videos, in-depth online Bible studies, focused and creative kids content, and special events, as well as strategic partnerships with organizations like Alter Live, Glue, Alpha, Orange, and more, whole families will be able to connect with Grace Covenant Church whenever and wherever they want. Our vision for Grace Online is to launch a fully functioning digital campus of Grace Covenant Church, complete with kids and student ministries, adult discipleship classes, Bible study groups, outreach ministry, and so much more. Advancing the gospel of Jesus is at the core of what we do. The heart of our strategy is engaging shareable content, videos and connecting points meant to inspire and bring hope to a lost world. This is Grace Online. Why are we about the business of multiplication? Because it's Jesus' business. It's Jesus' mission. In the Assemblies of God, where I pastored for 16 years, you were three and a half more times likely to meet Jesus in a newly established church than you were in an established church. This is the power of multiplication. This is the power of simply doing what it is that Jesus asked us to do. Lord, so my prayer in concluding this time is that you would help us, guide us, Holy Spirit, to continue to reach the ends of the earth. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Hey, before we close today, uh, we have a few housekeeping matters that we need to take care of, and then we're going to sing again together. And these two housekeeping matters are for our partners only, our church partners within our service today and at home online. So I'd like to call a quick business meeting to order, understanding that our offices are open to you your questions at any time. I'd like to entertain a motion, if I may, from one of our partners that we accept the financial report that Troy Daly presented to you. And by simple majority, do I have a motion from one of our partners? Thank you. 
I would ask, do I have a second? Thank you. All in favor, say aye. Aye. All opposed, same sign. Are you sure? (laughs) All right, motion carries. I'd also say understanding that we're recommending today four new council members for ratification by simple majority. I'll remind you their names are Cheryl Spencer from our East Lincoln campus, Hank Chow, Lena Petrocelli, and Rob DeVries, all of whom attend in Cornelius. For those of you that are curious, our church council helps me take care of any and all fiduciary financial obligations of the church. We meet on a monthly basis and we look at budgets, we look at profit and loss statements, balance sheets, the whole nine yards, and also make critical decisions that always keeps the health of Grace Covenant Church at the forefront. With this in mind, I'd like to ask if I have a motion to approve these four recommended candidates for ratification. Thank you. Sounds like I have a second. All in favor, say aye. Aye. All opposed, same sign. Thank you. Motion carries. At this time, I'll bring our very brief business meeting to a close and would like to invite you to stand with me as I share a final story. There's a gentleman by the name of Samuel Pierpont Langley who was given $50,000 by the War Department at the turn of the 20th century to build a flying machine. And resources due to this grant and other support were not an issue. He knew many people at Harvard where he held a seat He was employed by the Smithsonian. He was connected to all the right people. He hired the best that money could find. Market conditions were absolutely off the charts. The New York Times chased him around like paparazzi. Let me ask you this question. Why is it that none of you have heard of Samuel Pierpont Langley? The answer to that question is because just a few miles away in Dayton, Ohio, were two brothers named Orville and Wilbur Wright. And they had nothing of the sorts that Langley had. They didn't have resources. In fact, they paid for their dream with the proceeds from only their bicycle shop. Nobody on their team had a college degree. The two brothers didn't have college degrees. And the New York Times didn't even know who they were. But the difference between Samuel Langley and the Wright brothers was that Orville and Wilbur were driven by a different cause. They were driven by, we might say, a different belief. Samuel Langley wanted to be rich and famous. He wanted to be a star. He pursued renown. Orville and Wilbur were driven by the belief that if they could figure out this flying machine, they could change the world. Look what happened. The people who believed in the Wright brothers' dream 
worked with them with blood, sweat, and tears. Those working for Langley in his race to the technology worked for what? A paycheck. And so it's rumored that every time the Wright brothers went out, they took along five sets of spare parts because that's how many times their plane would crash before sunset. And yet, in December of 03, the Wright brothers took flight at no place other than our very own OBX, the Outer Banks. No one was even there to experience it. We found out because we live in the same state as their trial at Kitty Hawk. And further proof that Langley was motivated by the wrong thing, he gave it up, hung his hat, quit the very day that news broke of the Wright brothers' accomplishment. He knew he wouldn't be rich and famous, so he dropped it. Church family, people will not get behind what we do. We can talk about all kinds of fun things, new website, new app, new online campus, new physical locations, any and all bells and whistles. People will not get behind what we want to do, but they absolutely will get behind what we believe. And we believe that Jesus told us to reach the ends of the earth and that his Holy Spirit would empower us to do just that and that he would be with us until the end of the age. That's how the kingdom advances. So here's what I know. If we have resources, which we have, and if we have people, which we have, but do not have the why, any and every ambition will fall flat on its face. But if we have the why, the people and the resources will follow and they'll jump on board and we can change the climate of the Lake Norman area with the gospel. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and then in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Out of the church in Antioch, not far from Jerusalem, came 22 church plants. 22! Because the people believed that the gospel was worth sacrificing everything for. The people believed in the truth of a crucified, buried, and risen again Savior for all of mankind. And they were willing to plant the flag on that proverbial hill. Would you be in Antioch? Would you be in Antioch? Heavenly Father, I just ask that you would give us your dream your vision. Lord, we'll come along with joy. Bring revival here, Father. Change us and send us. In Jesus' name, amen.